Hello, I'm Paul. And I'm Prue. And we're the Sticky Bun Boys, and it's 2024! Yes! Now, Michael, I've decided that we shouldn't do any more puns in the intros. I reckon we should be going for more sophisticated wit and not grappling with such low-hanging fruit. But I do love low-hanging fruit, David. However, if you think it's should better off without them... Thanks for understanding, Michael. I just think it cheapens us. <laughs> it's the yeast I can do, David. You can only live once. <laughs> anyway, I do want to hear more about that grappling with low-hanging fruit. Of course you do. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, so this week we do have an extra guest, which is my lovely, gorgeous little cat, Hazel, who can't, she can't be on the other side of that door, but she also can't be on the inside of this door. So I'm currently just trying to like wrangle her head. Um, and if you hear purring and yelping, it's not David for once. <laughs> I think it's because Hazel was left outside for two weeks. She was left famously <laughs> left outside. Now she's been let in. She is desperately wanting to be in our Can company. I just say like a little soppy moment? Like I've had her for over a year and a half now. And like, honestly, she brings me so much joy. She is a gorgeous. I, I honor the same thing. Like I cannot now imagine what my life will be without the comfort of my animals. Yeah, and I also feel like she understands now that if my bedroom door is closed, she's not coming in there anymore. Like she's actually, we've kind of become cohabitors quite quite a lot better recently. So basically now for any question that comes in the inbox where people are asking for our advice, it'll be get a cat. Get a, honestly, or genuinely, my mental health, which we all know is rocky at best and I'm famously medicated for it, hasn't been as good as having this cat. Like I just, she has soothed me in lovely ways we sit and watch television together but she also is a lovely cat she not, is sometimes i go to people's house and i'm like get rid of this she's one. not a lap cat though she's very independent like she'll sit next to me and like maybe one paw might brush my side but that's all the love she'll get she loves a scratch on the forehead she's got a lovely purr as well she does can you hear it yeah no she decided to stop doing that she's not a performing monkey um, <laughs> okay so this is episode five which is biscuits and tray bakes as a as a theme, which is the first time we've had this theme in Bake Off history. Her story. I mean, it's a funny one because there was one. They just wanted to put a tray bake in there, didn't they? Because the but tray bake week they did the year before us. They had a week of tray bakes. But I agree that should be a thing because this one it just feels like you put it. It's the biscuit week, and you just got one challenge as a tray bake. Look, I, yeah, it doesn't make sense for those two to be combined because because generally tray bakes aren't biscuits and you could have done if you wanted to you could have called it biscuit week and just done the signature as a tray bake with a biscuit base yeah, for example but then they'd all do millionaire shortbread there isn't really another one 
cheesecake. Oh, you can't. Do you know what Ruby Bogle does? Quite a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and also, but you could. But the whole point is, you could be creative because you could do a Bakewell tart, but as a biscuit base rather than a pastry. You could. Whether you should or not is a different question. So the the signature was their favorite tray bake, and the pieces in the tray bake need tray bake need to be cut identically. They had two hours. I really liked this challenge. Um, I miss it when they used to say your favorite X. Yeah, because it's like your favorite cake, your favorite pie, your favorite this. Now it's like. They they well they're getting a bit more back to it I suppose now so it's not too fair. I thought it was a good challenge and what I really liked about it was because a tray bake is so varied, the baked element could be anything and I really liked that. Yeah, and there's some things that you don't realize because like there's some things that aren't necessarily tray bakes but you can do as a tray bake as well. Like a yeah. tray bake is just any bake that's done in a big square kind of tin and then cut into squares basically. Yeah, exactly that. Well, a rectangle tin really. Oh, well, you could use Actually, my brownies are square. So who stood out to you? Have you clairbolded this week? I have not. <laughs> no, I haven't, actually. I my favourite like... one was Francis's immediately, 10 out of 10. It was a millionaire's shortbread crossed with banoffee pie. So there was banana in the caramel. That, to me, sounds like absolute heaven. Yeah. Like, it... absolutely stunning. Mary was saying it would be really difficult to make it so the caramel would set. I, as she was saying, I was like, no, banana's quite a sticky thick thing yeah but it w- wouldn't set it firm would it it might be like stodgy a bit sludgier like oh, wow. sluffy Frances managed it because she's not she's a substance queen she's a she is famously a substance queen and she cut them into like slices and made it into a jenga game she's which so was creative. really really smart um good biscuit flavors were great um i also wanted to shout out glenn who was making because basically if they were making anything like um tiffin or anything they couldn't bring in digested biscuits they couldn't bring in marshmallows so, she, so he had to make it so he made tiffin with pistachio digestives apricot marshmallow and a kind of dark chocolate mixture to mix it all together which is it's like a rocky road for people that don't know what tiffin is oh yeah and yeah to be to make your own marshmallow and to then make your own biscuits to make it is really really impressive like marshmallow isn't hard to make but it's the setting time and then yeah. being able to cut it and then you have to set it, cut it, mix it, then set it again into the tiffin. And then to be making biscuits to then smash to then set again when Howard's just making a flapjack is quite a lot to squeeze in there. Oh, you leave Howard alone. I think my favourite, just because I love it, I've mentioned it multiple times in multiple episodes, is I love Bakewell. So Ruby and Kimberly, we, mm. we both love them anyway, but Ruby and Kimberly's, both of theirs, sounded incredible. And they both did something a little bit different, a bit clever. And they both aced it. Like so Kimberly made it. a Bakewell slice with a Florentine topping. Florentine and is that topping. is that a top from Florence? Is that what that means? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Have you had any of those? I haven't had a top from Florence before. I have had a Florentine, but I've not I've not had a Florentine topping yet. <laughs> But if there are any tops from Florence that are listening, then I'm very welcome to accommodate. I've got a lovely pussy. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was rude. Right. So rubies, though. Yes. My, my question for you is because I've never done this before. When she put hers into bake, her bake will into bake. She put it on the solid tray in the oven rather than the, like the grill in the oven. I've never used that solid tray apart from for roasting vegetables. But it would also it would clearly give you it would give you a crisper bottom because it's it's a, it's a hot surface. Yeah, is that why you do? It? I've never done it before. Do you do that? Yeah, I've done that with the pastry before. Oh, uh, not regularly, but like I think it must be the best way to get heat into the bottom of it quite quickly. I've always just thought you have the grill she because was then making the, pastry. But then well. I just think always the heat goes round and gets penetrates better if it goes through a grid. But I don't know. Does penetration work better when it goes through a grid for you? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> I do want to go back to Glenn because he got some th- criticism for being too big and thick. They were really massive. No, it's, grotesque was the word. Yeah, the, the word grotesque was too much. Like that was that was a bit OTT. But like I did think when looking at a tray bake, when it's like 
bigger than your fist per slice. That's a bit much. Also, when it's taller than it is wide, I kind of think it should be wider than it is tall. Uh, yes. No, I would agree with that. That's what at the top of my head. I wasn't sure about Becca's. So Becca was making hazelnut and chocolate brownies. Then she was also putting in like glacé cherries and white chocolate into a brownie. It's tough, isn't it? Because when you're doing these things, you're thinking, I want to stand out. Well, how I didn't. But you're thinking, you want to back off, please. (laughs) You want to stand out. But it's not okay just to keep on throwing things in. And glassy cherries in a brownie. No, thank you. Yeah, I don't really like glassy cherries at the best of times, but that wasn't the the perfect thing. It did annoy me in the judging, though, when Paul was like, oh, well, these brownies, the centre section isn't quite as well cooked as the rest. I was like, well, that's that's what a brownie is. That's an actual like brownie. Brownies, ball. you either like the middle sections or you like the edge sections. That's the kind of whole thing. Although a top tip for brownies, if you're cutting them, I learned this from Martha Collinson, is if you wet your knife, get cold water, wet it, and then slice, it'll come out clean, and then wipe it again before you go in again. You love coming out clean. <laughs> On to the most important. I actually, joking aside, love Towards. I, really, I love a flapjack. And I didn't think it was really nice, like the idea of putting marmalade in. And I liked the fact that it wasn't, sometimes tray bakes are oversweet. And it's mm. obviously a sweet treat still. But they said it wasn't too sweet. They did say, he, he probably got most criticism because it was a bit too stodgy. And I guess if you're going to do something simple, it has to be perfect. It was a grapefruity one, which would be quite refreshing, I imagine. Yeah, I love the idea. I am going to come out now. Are you ready? I'm gay. No, <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't make flapjacks. Really? I find them really hard to make. They're either too gooey or they're too. I don't like a bit like a, a brittle flap 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 flap. I think flapjack should be like you were saying about a crumble. I think it should have a slightly chewy bottom, then it should have a soft center, and then crispy on top. And you might actually to get all of those in one. It's I quite can't hard. do it. I just can't. I simply cannot do it. Oh, I love flapjack is one of the things I remember. Like we had that as a kid, so that's probably one of my specialties. I'll mm. make you some flapjacks next week. You won't. You say it literally every week. You're like, oh, I'll bring this next time. Or I'll do this next. You never do. Actually, I've brought you a present this week, but I'm going to wait till the inbox section. <gasps> oh, how exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, we should mention Robert, simply because he goes home later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he made a tart de Santiago, which is um, a, a, a frangipan cake-ish. And he was adding blueberry and orange, um, but it was underbaked and raw. But lovely topping, said Mary. Yeah. She'd know. Soggy, but not a good topping. Uh, did you watch BB? No, what was it? It was about Tottenham cake. Oh, I did watch a bit of it, which is close to where Michael lives. His literally just down the road. Um, Do you see it in the bakeries here then? Do you guess him in all? You see them in all bakeries. I think I've been to a bakery in London that doesn't have Tottenham cake. Oh, I don't think I even noticed it. Even was... Greg's has Tottenham cake. I have to look. I don't go into Greg's. So it's a cake with pink icing. What's wrong with Greg's? Nothing. I just don't go into Greg's it. Greg's is one of my favorite places in the entire world. I always think of it as being a meaty place because I'm vegetarian. They've got veg- they, they, they famously do a vegan sausage roll. Yeah, they started doing that. But before that, they were known for their meat pasties. So I just never really They do a vegan version. I think that, and I, this might be fake news. Actually, no, it's not. It's science. And this is famously a journalism podcast. And everything we say is true. I think Greg's is owned by a vegan CEO. And he's made like this, this thing where he's going to make, make every single bake that they do into a vegan version. Ah. So there's now vegan steak bakes. There's vegan festive bakes. There's vegan sausage bakes. There's vegan all these things. You need if to go in there. If this isn't true, then it's still very interesting. And then the best Greg's item on the menu is their caramel custard donuts so it's like got like a like a fondant <gasps> caramelly icing with custard inside oh. that's the one that on our only flans you had an issue with though because they to save the world they got rid of the plastic topper mm. and it means that the fondant icing sticks to the packet you do listen to what i say i do so tottenham cake is basically like a like a plain sponge with like a pink fondant icing on top that's all it is it's kind of like a school dinners cake really but was it the first ever tray bake is that why this was a thing oh i didn't listen that much oh. I, I skimmed it but i thought you wouldn't listen to it at all so i didn't <laughs> think you'd have any questions um, so <laughs> it exists due to the Quakers, because a person called Thomas Chalkley made them as affordable treats. The end. 
I love the Quakers did lots of good things. They made Cadbury's chocolates. So and they good. sent me to a porridge competition up in, <laughs> up in Scotland last year. <laughs> the technical then was 18 tweel. Half were traditional ones with concentric chocolate circles on them. And half of them were rolled as cigars and dipped in chocolate. And they had one and a half hours. I thought this was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Tweel. Do you make tweel? Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like making tweel. Even if you're expert, wonderful people like us... I would still struggle with this in the tent and in a, under a technical circumstance. Well, I did make these in our biscuit week. They were they, I made I made them into the horns for my oh, Highland cow. So you actually did kind of like the cigar ones. Though. And I did ginger tweel. And then Paul was like, oh, I've never thought of putting ginger in a tweel. And I was like, surely you have. <laughs> Shut up, Paul. Like, I'm not the first person to have done this. I've literally got this recipe off the internet. <laughs> I have changed it three. Uh, I don't know if uh, have we spoken about this before. Who I knows? So, but maybe. You have to make three significant changes to any recipe off the internet. So it's technically yours. And by significant, it's from 300 grams to 299 grams. Oh, yes. And, and caster sugar to golden caster sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I also did tweel in biscuit week. I made like little petals. Uh, oh you did which and tweel they're not difficult they want if someone out there wants to impress people if you get to do tweel and you get them right they are really impressive and they're really nice and they're actually quite easy they're really easy but under technical circumstances where you don't know and you haven't had time to practice and you don't know how long to put them in for and things it is tough i mean the worst part was they had to make their own piping bags i'd have been fucked Oh, see, my I could do that from the age of Sorry, six. I've got a foul mouth today. From the age of six. Well, my mum used to. We didn't have piping bags. My mum taught us how to make piping bags. And really? I, I remember thinking, oh, this is a really good skill to have. How Obviously do you do not. it? You just roll it into a cone. You put, yeah, you'd make it into a triangle. You get a square. Yeah. Fold it into a triangle, and then you roll it round the 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 long end, not the pointy end. Oh, okay, sure. And then you okay. tuck bits in. Everyone seemed to. Be, a lot of people seem to be quite good at it. The person that struggled, which surprised me, was Dr. Kimberly. Yes, yes, famously. Yes, she had a really difficult time. I actually thought, bizarrely, despite it being a really good challenge, because twills don't need loads of time, but there's the challenge of kind of they have to be molded while they're warm. Although a top tip, just put them back in the oven again. Exactly. And they, 30 and they soften, seconds. Yeah. Like less than. Although Ruby was doing a really good technique where she took them out one by one. Yes. So yeah. she left them in and took them out. But you can, if you need to like re, like re-loosen them, you just whack them back in the oven again. Um, but overall, like I, I enjoyed watching it, but there wasn't very much to talk about. No, I mean, to the fact I actually noticed the crew walking behind it, out of the tent in the windows. They're still doing that. Yeah. This is series four. I saw Fania got... in the background in this episode. Yes. Uh, Fania is like the lead home economist who's been with the show since series one. And she is fucking brilliant. And it's not even just one once you see it. Like you see quite a few crew. Like they need to stop yeah. that out. So the judging then, eighth was Howard because he was too thick. Seventh was Kimberly. Sixth was Ruby. Third was Francis. Second was Glenn. And first was Christine, who like good King Wenceslas was crisp and even. <laughs> Um, she was very happy with herself. She, she had, was like, very a happy. Full smoke. I even got a smirk smile. from Alex in the taxi there when I said crisp and even. So that's good, isn't it? She wasn't deep though. Well, <laughs> not that we know, not that we could see, not visibly. So the showstopper was a decorated biscuit tower, which had to be thirty centimeters. How many inches is that, David? Oh, eight inches. Ooh, really? I don't think much no, less. More. Twelve. Oh, Alex knows twelve inches. <laughs> 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 Nice contribution there from the taxi. Um, and they had four hours to do it in. This was the first like construction challenge of its type that we that we have seen. Yeah, and I didn't realize from the first one, they did they smashed it. They did I mean mostly. I mean yeah, Francis smashed her tower. I mean, there's always gonna be ones that don't work, but it, but they were very creative. There was different ways of building, they weren't all just doing the same thing. My favorite thing about the whole of this was we had a Maysam school of wrong implements. Oh, did we? Christine 
it showed Christine grating an orange on, you know, that bit of the grater that just no one ever uses that just clogs up if it's wet. Oh, yeah. What's that for? I think it's for dry things. But the only thing I think of is nutmeg. Like, mm. what else do you do that's dry? And she was just with this big smile on her face, grating this orange. Like, that zest isn't going anywhere, Christine. That's where I used to think the zest was. So when I, so um, back in the, the days pre-Bake Off, I would zest on that. Then I would like scrape it off with a spoon. It would take <laughs> ages until yeah. I found microblades. So I don't think microblades existed. But even if you're going to use this, this, the small grater that's not the one that clogs up. Oh, the, it's the just tiny holes that you were talking about with the teeth the other week. The tiny holes. Because otherwise you've got to bash it and you've got, it's so hard to get that zest off. This podcast is, is it's a strange thing that we do every week, isn't it? It is quite strange. Our brains are quite strange, It's quite though. niche. We've finally got Amelia to start listening to our podcast, which is lovely. And she's like, it's really funny. And I was like, thank you. That's kind of offensive that you're saying it's such a total surprise. <laughs> Who stood out for you this in this one? I did love the look of Howard's. To be fair, he played it kind of safe because it looked very mm. neat. But he was just stacking quite chunky-sized biscuits that were very hard and brittle anyway with a really thick royal icing. So it was actually quite simple, but he really aced it. And like the way that he molded some of them was really beautiful. Very, very, very simple and stylized. Um, I have to say the sound effect of them crunching on his biscuits was one of the worst things I've ever had to experience in my entire life. And it was went on for so long. What is the worst, okay, when they do that, where it's the ASMR of them crunching on things, which sounds horrible, or... When you see like a saliva string come up with it, which is the worst? Um, <laughs> the saliva string, definitely. Well, I think maybe not the saliva. I think the crunching, because you can't look away from the crunching. You can still hear it. The worst thing about the crunching is, because Mary's quite old, I'm always thinking, as she's doing I'm thinking, oh, is that her teeth? Or is that the biscuit? <laughs> which would set of teeth? Uh, so Mary said that Howard's was a bit boring to eat, which felt a bit cruel. I liked the sound of Becca's, and Becca's looked gorgeous so she made a cake stand with macarons not macaroons despite what they say ice gems and sugar flowers and also she was helping glenn yeah because she was making perfect macarons and glenn was really nervous about his so she was helping him to fix things and then she was like he was wanting to put raspberry powder on them before they went into the oven but that would then burn and just look like ash and so she was helping him teaching him what to do and they were kind of doing it like conspiratorially in the back like yes. facing away from the cameras pretending they're both going to get a spoon from the drawer oh yeah the spoon drawer remember that becca was just so gorgeous in this and it looked like when she was constructing hers you're like oh dear because as she was putting the stacks of biscuits they were kind of sliding and moving around a bit and they didn't they were but perfect. i liked that they were slightly off and like a little bit wonky it kind of gave it like this kind of gorgeous kind of homemade feel i thought they were great really great also was great was christine's bavarian clock tower with i didn't realize that she did this i thought i'd invented it maybe i did and she just stole it from me even though it's filmed before i was born orange and cardamom shortbread yeah i make i've got a batch in the fridge to take home like they're like they're my christmas bake oh i love the fact that michael has let that be known so now before i leave i'm gonna go and rifle oh, through his fridge it's not it's not baked oh i'll try it anyway <laughs> yeah hers her bavarian clock looked it was just so perfect like every little bit she'd added you know sometimes when people do it and you think oh why did you bother putting that on every single thing she'd added looked right yeah it looked brilliant we should talk about francis this gave me my the best chuckle of the whole episode what failure it's quite strange for francis because Actually, out of all the people's, hers was probably the simplest for once, instead yeah. of being so much style. But she'd basically done these big buttons. She was doing a haberdashery um, collection. She did these big buttons, and she wanted to just have them up, clinging to a stick. Yeah. <laughs> um, Don't we all? <laughs> and it got halfway, and it was quite clear that it was going to fall anyway. Anyway, it did fall, and it was just purely the actual structure. The, the stick thing just wasn't good enough. Yeah. But she, she fell, and she kind of held it back up, and she was very disappointed, and it was 10 seconds to go. Yeah, Mel was like, oh, I'll just hold it for you. And then, then obviously, in Mel's brain, it was like, well, I can't just stand here forever. <laughs> and then it just showed, and Mel was like, oh, okay, you... 
you go. Yeah. <laughs> and just left holding it. And as we know, it takes about an hour before they start doing the judging. Yeah, and it was royal icing as well. I did wonder whether she, if she'd done caramel, because she's clearly talented enough to do it, whether she'd done caramel, it would have stuck. We should also talk about Robert's Dalek. So I do remember this. I remember this happening at the time. Yeah. Because um, back in the day, BBC, well, BBC still has Doctor Who licensing, so they could still do this. And I remember it looking really impressive. And it wasn't fondant icing. It was like glassy icing that he'd used which is nice because i hate it they do fondant on biscuits it was really good his issue was he'd gone he'd gone for structure over substance yeah in the way that he'd used like an isomalt but they called it something else because no one had used it at that point and it's rock hard it's not nice to eat no. and so and he'd really covered his biscuits in, so it's hard to eat the biscuits without crunching on this edible glue isomalt stuff so it and and then the biscuits weren't that impressive so he thought way too much about the style and not the substance it, i did yeah i agree with all of that but i did feel like they were a bit harsh on him because he'd created the most visually impressive thing in the tent i think the problem was was the fact that everyone else this is why these bakes are so good all the rest of them had managed to make biscuits that were perfect to eat as well as build into a yeah. structure yeah, we had Ruby. And I thought it was really interesting on Ruby's perspective. So she was making an upside down ice cream cone, which kind of splattered, which was very smart. She slagged herself off so much when she was making it and when she was delivering it to them. That so I was thinking about this because there's that whole there's a whole commentary about how people didn't think Ruby was as good as she was in the tent and all those kinds of stuff. And I wondered whether it was because she had so much doubt, so much self doubt that she was slagging herself off all through the challenges and through the judging that the audience almost began to believe her. So when the judges then gave her good feedback, they were like, well, they're just saying that because she's pretty. Do you know what I mean? Also, yeah, definitely. And from watching it as bakers, you can see often that her textures are on, Bang on. point. And, fl- and we know from what, what she's done since that she is incredibly knowledgeable and just kind of a bit of a genius in putting flavors together. Yeah. So I can imagine that when Paul and Mary taste, they were like, oh, this is actually amazing. Yeah. We can't get that. And like you say, if she's saying it's bad all the time. But I also think, it's really when you're doing the showstoppers every single time. Like I remember when I did my snaky cakey, I remember looking around the tent and just thinking, "Mine is the most basic cake in the mm. tent." You're looking at everyone else's, and even if yours then gets loads of praise, you're not expecting it because you you're you're just you're judging comparing yourself. And hers, for example, color wise looked quite plain. Yeah, but it was really clever. It was really good. But she just she'd seen this so many times she's practiced it loads of times and then she's looking at everyone else and thinking it's yeah wonderful. i remember after my bre- after in cake week we were sat in the green room and we were kind of sharing what we were going to be making for the following weeks because you had pictures perhaps pictures on your phone and i looked at amelia's bread week one and i was just like fuck mine's terrible compared to this caterpillar one and then i wanted to went home <laughs> yeah. um but it's a, i think that it is a big point with ruby because i we said like i love ruby but i remember also being one of those people watching it thinking oh, i just found it hard that she moaned all, all the time and i think it's also tough for her because nowadays i don't know if a ruby would do very well on bake-off in the way that she really was busy yeah. she was a student but not a rich posh student that had loads of baking things she'd never used a kitchen aid before yeah. she was having to use a shared kitchen it was hard enough for us to practice and to come up with recipes when you've got like a small kitchen in a flat in London I with one person she's got like four flatmates yeah yeah and you know can you imagine doing practicing at university in a shared house in freshers no even Henry didn't, didn't really do that anyway we need to get on with this podcast because we're running we're running over again so the winner this week was Christine and her Bavarian clock tower and her stolen orange and cardamom biscuit idea um, and losing sadly was Robert um, it was a shame I thought he might go a bit further actually but that Dalek I think perhaps well exterminated him sorry i couldn't not he's not sorry 
Would you believe we are now at the midway point of the season? It is flying by. We always say that though, don't we? True. Have we become boring? Are we just repeating ourselves now? Well, we famously never actually remember what we've said before, and this is episode 70. We've nearly done as many episodes of this podcast as you've been alive, David. Uh, I reckon we're a good 30 episodes off that yet. Anyway, let's keep plowing on. Oh, I do love to plow. Not what I've heard. This week's day says is from Graham, who likes pepper sandwiches. White bread, butter, and ground black pepper. I've never even thought of this. Right, you know the drill. You've got 30 seconds to a minute, however long these ads are, to decide whether they go to jail or whether they are safe to walk free. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Fancy another ad? Go on then. We're such givers. Speak for yourself. We're here to talk about our OnlyFans. Ooh, tell me more. Well, it's a site where you can get loads of bonus content, including ad-free episodes, interviews with exclusive guests, recipes, ramblings, recommendations, the whole shebang. What's a shebang? Absolutely no idea. Precisely the kind of journalism you can expect from us. To join the OnlyFans community, all you need to do is hop on over to patreon.com forward stroke sticky bun boys. And for the price of a supermarket meal deal a month, it could all be yours. Nicely done. 
done. Thank you. I can't help but feel like I did most of the heavy lifting there. Yeah, but you're so strong. You're too kind and lazy. This taste test is kind of like the cacciapepe of sandwiches. I like it. The cacciapepe? What did you say? Cacciapepe, you know when you make the spaghetti but then you just have cheese and black pepper and it's just kind of and it put a little bit of pasta where it just melts oh in. sure you had that, it's such a good i thought you said like catch your pepper as in like it's running away you have to catch your pepper <laughs> Got to and catch i was your like pepper. oh it feels so weird i like the idea of it i love black pepper yeah i want a bit of salt in there as well then i'm down oh yeah some the crunchy salt some molden oh lovely right on to questions this disaster. week you forgot a disaster oh disaster oh we have to have that sting disaster of the week yeah, well, yes, because I've got a disaster of the week. So my disaster is I came home from work last week and walked in and three steps in front of me on the floor was the back half of a mouse. Oh. <laughs> and I, and obviously, so I don't get mice very often. I live in London. I'm on a ground floor flat. Like, it's going to happen. Sure. I've got a cat. I think she's quite a deterrent. Every so often, a dumb mouse will get upstairs. Like, it's normally like once a year. But the disaster was... I didn't know where the top half of the mouse was. What has Elite in it? Well, I don't know. How, how can I prove that? Oh, actually, we had a thing where we heard Ray making a noise in the night once. And then about three days later, I was like, what's Ray doing in that corner? And I went to the corner and there was just the head of a mouse. So it'd been there for three days. Oh, they've been sharing, perhaps. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I've spent the last three days looking for the top half of this mouse. Because like, you don't know it until you start smelling it. When you start smelling it, it's too late. Yeah, I hopefully... Hopefully Hazel ate the top half and left Are the there bones in the head? Yes. Did she eat the bones? Yeah, but mice, as you know, I've eaten mouse. I ate them in Malawi. Mice, the bones are very, very thin and small. They barely crunch. Okay. Okay. I'm just very concerned that as a New Year's gift, I'm going to have the top half of a mouse somewhere in my house that I'm not aware of. You should be very thankful. She had the bottom half. No, she had the top half. Yeah. Which half is you... better to find? I, th- I think it's think... easier to find the top, the bottom half. Yeah, and also you can pick up the very end of the tail. Oh, and I walk don't. Away I use it. a shovel. I look away. A shovel, <laughs> not a shovel, but like a like a, a dustpan. That's the one. The dustpan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't really mind finding dead mice. It's worse when you find it and then the guts are smeared across oh, the floor as well. Awful. And also, like I had to get a dustpan and brush for this purpose. I use. I have a. I have a big sweep or whatever. But like I used to have to use like a a, a kitchen towel and the squidge when you pick. Oh, yes. Oh God. Well done, Hazel. Right. This first question is from Michael. I'm a few weeks behind on my podcasts. I've just listened to an ick of the clear water when you first use ketchup being gross. Oh. We call that ketchup pre-cum in our house. Oh, I love that. No, I don't like that at all. I think we should move on to the next question. That's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. What a horrible thing to say. Michael, stop listening to this podcast. No, Michael can come again. No, please um, don't. No, actually don't. Tara. Tara said, have you guys seen Lizzie Ackers, Lizzie from series whatever, everyone knows Lizzie, uh, videos on Instagram where she's filming her own BB? Since she misses the historical <laughs> segments on GBBO. I mean, is, that, is that her only fans? <laughs> she's not filming her own BB. She's filming well, she her own, might be. We don't know. She's filming her own boring there's bits. There's no shame to that. No, she's, no, it's fine. But this is her boring bits. <laughs> You've gone red. Different to the BB. She misses the historical segments on GBBO that much. I hadn't seen them. I have. They're it, really gorgeous. Especially in her accent. She did them for all the technicals for this last season. She kind of she tried them all out and did the history behind them. I just love the way that like, she's like she's naturally curious and interested and like how she's neurodiverse and that's how her brain works and like she's just brilliant and it's i have to say we offensively called it boring bits and i don't watch them all the time but we're getting you literally never watch them no i've been watching the more recent ones i do these last three episodes i just i do when you've asked i've always said no and then i then i'm like oh yeah i did watch that (laughs) it kind of 
it is quite interesting because they've kind of shortened them a bit as well. Yeah. And actually, it's quite nice. When I was watching um, Lizzie's about Crusted Creams, I loved it. Well, I think actually they could do with bringing it back. I think that would be a nice way for it to kind of feel slightly less entertainment-y and a Bring bit it more back like it was. and send Lizzie around the country <gasps> oh, doing Lizzie it. is the correspondent. I would yes. love that. We love Lizzie here. Love Productions listen to this, so they'll definitely be taking no, that on board. Next one is from Chrissy. Where did the intro music from the podcast come from? As we found it on the internet, like Alex sent us like a link to the thing. We had to like, we scrolled through like 30 of them and it was quite hard, wasn't it? Well, it was hard to try and think like, at that time we didn't know what our podcast was. Yeah. And they all started sounding the same after a while. We wanted it to have, we didn't want it to be very long. We wanted it to kind of like have a sting at the beginning and then for us to t- kind of talk over it a bit before the episode started again. But actually it's been edited slightly from what, from what you hear on the, on the podcast. Because it starts with some words. Um, she speaks, I think she says, I'm going to take one good suck at you in something. Listen to this. You heard this before? No. I'm gonna take one good sock at you to see how soft you really are. And it goes on for like ages. It goes on. It goes for, for ages and ages and ages. But it's like I thought you said I'm gonna take one good suck of you to see if you're hard. It was I'm gonna take one good suck at you to see how soft you really are. Oh, I mean, equally. And then, yeah. then it's like that weird like <laughs> laugh that we've had to cut out as well. But that's the original thing. It's called Ripe Nets and we have bought the licensing for it. So there. There you go, Chrissy. Next question is from Saskia. She said, do the makers of Bake Off try to pick people every year with different names? They rarely seem to repeat names. And if they do, they try to have a variant. For example, David Atherton, myself, and Dave Friday. Do you know what the most popular name on Bake Off has been? I don't, I don't, well, that's your second question, no. But I imagine that they do want people not to have the same name because they kind of make you into characters, don't they? So that is interesting. Basically, if you want to get on Bake Off next year... Change your name. Change. Look at all the names. There'll be a list somewhere on the internet. Look at all the names from Bake Off and change your name to something totally they different. They had that year with two marks. Mark with a K and Mark with a C. Look at you. You've picked the name. Oh, is that the name? But there's actually, considering how popular Mark is, there's been four Marks. And two of them were on the same year. Yeah, and that one has been by far the most popular. For everything else, there has been like three. There's been three Jameses. James Morton, James Hillary, and James Dewar. I think generally they're trying to... I mean, they want... If they say Henry from Bake Off, they want you to have a person in your head. So I don't think they want... They're not actively looking for it, but they also guess like what happens, happens. But then are you Michael from Bake Off? Or is it Michael Georgiou? Who's that? Who is that? <laughs> no oh, idea. the Michael Bickle professional. So it was a Michael and professionals for a no, while. No, this is on the problem. This is on ours. So we'll find. <laughs> Unless we've watched them already. <laughs> Michael's face. Oh no, we, we, we watched them already. We might have, I don't know who <gasps> Oh no, are. I think I remember him. He might be tall with black hair. In terms of the women though, there's only ever been, for women, no name has been repeated apart from twice. So there's been sometimes where there's been two. So there was Louise Brimlow and Marie- Louise Williams. Don't know who either of them are. They obviously went out early, both of them. But, oh no, Louise Brimlow, I think I remember. Okay, so they so they haven't like they really don't repeat them very often. Which but is they'll run out of names eventually. Right? Is it rude too? Is it rude too? <laughs> Put your feet on someone's couch, not shoes, but with socks. No. No, not at not all. Not at all. Not in the slightest. No. That's an easy one. <laughs> That's like saying, "Is it rude to sit on with a jumper?" Um, <laughs> next one. Is it rude too? <laughs> not wish your parents a happy anniversary. That's not the end of it. This is a very personal one. It says because you think they should be divorced. Oh. <laughs> do you know your parents anniversary yes 15th of july i don't even know my parents birthday really i know which month they're both in i've got no idea David, what that's is. bad i don't do dates in general for anything um do you know what? i moved house and already i literally moved house a couple of weeks ago 
I've already forgotten my address of my last house. I have a strange thing with numbers and dates. Things. I don't remember them. Oh, I just keep them all on WhatsApp. I just scroll. I just, I always, I've asked you what your address is once. So I just find it in there. I do think it's, I mean, I would say it is a bit rude not to wish your parents a happy anniversary, personally. Oh, well, I never have done, but it's but, not rude if you think they should be divorced. That's fine. Well, then maybe tell them that. Maybe that's a separate conversation. <laughs> is it rude to <laughs> turn down food or drinks if you are a guest? No. Nick's grandma literally makes people eat so much that they cry. One time Nick's friend went round because they were visiting. She just will force feed you. She'll just give she's you so feeder. much food. Yeah, Do you want a sandwich? Shall I make a sandwich then? <laughs> and you think you've had it, then it's like, oh, and I brought out this cake. You've got to have a slice of this cake. <laughs> this girl cried. I think I think it's different if they've made the thing. Like if they've made like a cake for you to have. Oh, yes. So like yeah. if you're coming over, they're like, oh, I made you a cake. It yeah. is rude to be like, no, thank you. But like if it's like a packet of crisps or like, do you know what I mean? Like it's. I think it's more rude the fact that those hobnobs sat over there and you didn't offer me a hobnob and I had to get my own hobnob. Did you get one? Yeah, I ate a hobnob. Oh, I didn't even notice. I'd be sat next to them the whole time. <laughs> I think also people need to understand that British people, you need to ask us three times because we'll always say, oh, no, thank you. Oh, no, thank you. Go oh, on then. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> so if you ask us the first time, we'll, you'll, we'll have a face of being very offended if you then take it away. Oh, I've got an is it rude too? Is it rude too? <laughs> Ignore the last slice of cake. So when I bring a cake into the office, number one, everyone in the office always asks if I'm okay because they know I bake when I'm sad. Um, but then if I've made a cake and there's like one slice left on the side, they don't eat the last slice. That is rude. And it annoys me. I'm just like, just stop being polite. No one's bothered. Have it. I'd rather it was eaten than not. And also you want to take the Tupperware or the plate or whatever back. Oh, with yeah. You just like take... yeah. Oh, yes. Um, I think we need to get some more Is It Rude twos. Please can you write in some more Is It Rude twos? But like ask for some like actual juicy ones. I think like we would do some juice. I, we had you some juice in general. Give us juice. Give us juicy stories. Juicy is it ruse twos. Juicy, juicy. Questions. Juicy questions. I want, like, give me like spicy questions that I can ask David and make him uncomfortable with, please. I blush very easily. I blush easily. So be careful when you're quizzing me. No? No. Sure. Alex just left the chat. <laughs> I like my position as a chief justice on the Supreme Court. I think it suits me very well. Well, how about you use your position for good effect and make a decree enforcing everyone to provide a bit of sticky bun community service and engage with all our Instagram posts. Oh, and also they should all become OnlyFans by popping onto patreon.com forward stroke sticky bun boys. And if they don't follow my orders, I'm going to get Jürgen on you. Is that really a punishment? Depends what you like. Savory slabs, maybe? Well, I've seen him slapping his dough and I reckon a few of the listeners would be into that. (laughs) Okay, anyway, let's wrap this up. Please email us at stickybunboys at gmail.com with literally anything you like or DM us at stickybunboys and we will be back next week. Keep I'm sticky and juicy. Send juicy. Oh, juicy's nice. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Bun Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. (laughs) We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.